This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. We're so glad that you are here today. Allison, just to remind our listeners, Allison volunteers to come help at MPB each week to answer your phone calls. Our doctors from Southern Remedy, they come in and volunteer our monetary financial advisors come in and volunteer all these experts come to mpb to volunteer to help with mpb's mission of educating so we want to just thank you thank you so much oh i love doing it today we're going to talk about manual transmission vehicles but between your vehicle repair questions did you learn how to drive one why or why not we'd love for you to call in and tell us about your situation there's such a mystique or an aura around manual transmissions do you do you think that allison gosh yes especially in the race world like they laugh at you if you pull up with the automatic um and that's kind of weird because in some applications, the automatic's actually better than a manual and race applications like drag racing and stuff. So, but oh yeah, it's a it's a big 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 thing. It's constant jokes, constant memes about the you know anything manual. So it's funny. Well, and I find it in. I guess we don't discuss manual transmissions and automatic transmissions in in the greater world. But when we bought our Honda Civic last year, we wanted a manual. And the guy tried to talk me out of it or tried to get me to say why I wanted it. And I really couldn't put too much into words on, on why we wanted it. Um, manual transmissions aren't always cheaper than automatic transmissions. Manual transmissions aren't always more fuel efficient than automatic transmissions. Um, we jokingly think they're stolen less because people can't drive them. But as we learned last week, that was that's inconclusive. <laughs> and even some fancy pants sports cars come with automatic transmissions now. That's right. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them that have the automatic transmissions, but they're set up with a a dual clutch system, so you can shift as fast as you want. Not all of them have that, so some of them that have the manual shift, even though it's automatic, they'll have the they'll have the uh, paddle shift or or the sh- the stick. It's it's a slow shift like an automatic transmission, so uh, it, it's it's still not fully fully manual, so. Well, Michelle, our our engineer, Michelle, what has been when you you learned how to drive, you've now got a kid who's going to be learning how to drive. What is your experience with manual transmissions? Well, mine was different. My father had a small little car that he actually gave me, and I learned that wasn't the first car I learned to drive, but I he told me that I needed to learn how to drive a manual transmission. I did not want to, and but I did. It was challenging. Um, I call uh, them sticks. You know, some people say, I don't want a stick. But I used to call it a car that you have to think about driving. Uh, I had to learn something else. Right. What is it? I almost forgot having driven one in so long. Um, <laughs> first gear, second gear, third. And the clutch 
the clutch and the shifting of the gears at the same time, my mother will make you laugh and say, no, 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 I don't want to think and drive. No, I just want to get in the car and go. So, um, Allison, I have a question for you. Uh, should I teach, at least teach Jordan how to drive a uh, manual car? Is that something that uh, I should do or should I not? Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't worry about it this day and age. There's just so few manuals out there that they're close to becoming obsolete. Um, so I wouldn't even stress it. Back in the day, definitely would have recommended it. And um, I kind of wish there were more manuals out there for like it was still something or something that people wanted in their cars, but they don't. A lot, a lot of people don't. So they're 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 about obsolete. Can you ask, answer this question? What happened to the manuals? Meaning it was just a need that didn't didn't, didn't exist anymore, or uh, with the automatic, you know, the auto mechanic area or the um, car making business they decided to stop making them what happened the well, need or the um they stopped making them first i think uh, it's an american thing because in other countries it's mostly manual um americans um we're more laid back and we want less to fool with we drive a lot of interstate we do a lot of back-to-back traffic where it's in you know coming in and out of town where the, the traffic is horrible so driving a manual is not as easy um and it, you know it's just tedious so we kind of have a different driving culture as far as what we deal with next to these other countries who are just driving in small little towns and they're in and out and they're not stuck in traffic uh, really bad. So it's made it where people demand automatics more. And that demand has just increased and increased and increased over the years to the point where manufacturers basically have almost no manuals and very few requests for them. So it's just a meeting of, of, of them getting what they want out there for what we need to drive with in America. We're talking today about manual transmissions, and we'd love to hear your love stories, your horror stories, what uh, you'd like to say about manual transmissions. Do you have one? Did you learn how to drive one? Why or why not? But that's in addition to your vehicle repair questions. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is ASC certified, and she would love to uh, help give you an idea how to approach a vehicle problem that you may have, you can give us a call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or email us auto at mpbonline.org. Kevin Farrell, one of our producers and hosts here who you just heard on Creature Comforts, he and I love to watch the show Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. And they often go they're around the world and a lot of times they have to rent a car and most of the time the car they rent turns out to be a manual transmission and these people sign up for this and there's inevitably a team and neither person on the team knows how to drive the manual so it becomes kind of a comedy of errors watching them learn how to drive and I guess uh, what is it oh I can't even say the name of the German word where you take pleasure in other people's misfortunes for those of us who know how to drive a manual you kind of smirk at these people having to know how to drive a manual and then not having any idea on how to do that. It's it's kind of interesting. All right, let's go ahead and go to Jim in Madison. Jim, thanks so much for being a part of AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Good morning. 
I, I'm 73 years old, and uh, I've always owned and driven uh, manual transmission cars, beginning with my first car, which was an 11-year-old 1952 Chevrolet Deluxe with three on the tree. Um, I've, I've owned all different kinds of sports cars and Mustang GTs with with uh, stick shifts. And um, I had a funny story. I was in Barbados vacationing in the 1980s, and I rented a little mini moke to drive around the islands and do a little sightseeing. And of course, they drive on the left side, so the steering wheel is on the right side of the car. And it, you know, it wasn't any real problem shifting with my left hand on the floor shift because the pedals are the same as they are here. But I spent the entire time I was driving that car waving my left hand up and down in the air because the turn signal lever is on the right side of the steering column instead of the left. And I never did get the hang of that. <laughs> People thought I was nuts because driving this, this little mini moke is wide open. It doesn't have doors or a top or anything. And I was driving down the road waving my my uh, my left hand up and down beside the steering column for no reason. I love driving stories. <laughs> Thank you, Jim, for sharing that with us. That was great. All right, let's move on to John in Benton. John, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hi, hey, well, um, I got a couple of pretty good ones. Um, I, uh, I'm 65. I, my dad told me to drive on a, on a Studebaker, three on a tree. It wasn't too bad. And then I taught both of my kids how to drive. My son was pretty good because I think he'd been sneaking and driving with his friends already. But my daughter and I almost got a divorce getting her to to go, but we finally got her through. But uh, then I had to teach my wife, and her mother gave her a car, and her brother, I can't say what he was, but it starts with an S.O., uh, was in the back seat, and she got stuck on a hill, and she couldn't get it in first. And the people behind were beeping and carrying on, and he stuck his head out the window and said, Break my glass! Well, he didn't say bass, but you get the idea. It was pretty crazy. Uh, John, that reminds me, when I was learning to drive on a manual, we were on a hill outside of the Kroger, and uh, my mom was sitting next to me, and I was in the driver's seat, and I just couldn't get it going in forward, in first, and so we had to stop, and each of us got out of the car and swapped places, and, you know, there wasn't any honking, but folks had to go around us. It, that, that can happen. Hills can be a mess. Yeah, and one, can, I, can I share one more story? Go ahead, John. Well, I had, I had a, a 69 F100 Ford pickup, three on the tree, and, uh, and it got all screwed up. So I cut a hole in the floor and put a four on the floor in there. And uh, I, I left the hole open so you... My son loved riding in it because he could see the road go by under the under the truck. Oh my goodness! A hole on the floor. 
Yeah, it wasn't real big, but you couldn't fall through it or anything. But you could see, you could definitely see the road go by. Okay. Wow. Well, we we don't encourage anybody to do that. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that story with us, John. We appreciate you calling in to AutoCorrect today. We're going to continue our discussion of transmissions. Did you drive a manual? Can you drive a manual? Do you like manuals? When we come back from our break. But we also want you to call in with your vehicle problems. So hold on, Shirley and Nancy. We'll get to you after the break. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, please find our podcast. And if you happen to be listening to our podcast right now, email us and tell us what you're doing while you're listening. We're, we're just kind of curious about that. Here are the recalls for the week. 2015 Ford Fusion and the Lincoln MKZ. They have a problem with the driver or front passenger seatbelt anchor. The 2019 Toyota Camry. They need to recalibrate your occupant classification system for the front passenger area. The 2018 and 19 Mercedes Benz, Mercedes AMG SL class. The uh, the uh, Uh, I'm sorry, something needs to be replaced. That didn't uh, get copied on my script. And the 2020 Mercedes-Benz, the 2020 Mercedes-Benz GL class, the fuel tank needs to be replaced. I think that's the same thing that needed to be done on the 2018-19 Mercedes-Benz. But you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, NH. TSA.gov slash recalls and input your VIN number. We're having some fun this morning talking about driving a manual vehicle. Are you a yay or are you a nay? So let's go ahead and go to Shirley, who's calling in from Starkville. Shirley, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Hi, and thank you for your program. I enjoy it. Um, So... Uh, my father uh, was a mechanic, and he always told me, uh, he, he taught me how to drive on, on a standard uh, shift. He said, because you will always know how to drive a car, a vehicle. Um, and that has proven to be the case. So 
um, uh, my husband and I taught our kids also to uh, drive standard shifts. Um, and there's something that I, I think you should know. This is timely because on Facebook uh, two days ago, uh, someone had posed a question and asked people to respond to whether or not they learned how to drive on a standard shift or uh, an automatic. Uh, so I thought it was interesting that your show should be about that today. And one final thing. Um, so we used to have uh, a 1980-something Volvo. Uh, you know, they're boxy, but they're good. And it was a uh, diesel standard shift. So Lots of smoke, what <laughs> I found out is that it, it was very slow to, um, it was just very slow. And uh, we lived once in Vicksburg, and, you know, it's very, very hilly. And yep. I would always panic when I was on a hill because I just had these nightmares about, you know, the car going back down the hill backwards. So when we got our next vehicle, we got a standard ship. Well, Shirley, I was just telling Allison this Honda Civic that we got last year. It has a hill assist button that you can push it, oh. and then the car cannot roll backwards. Oh, and that's amazing. And uh, I also had a, a Subaru Coupe in 1985, and it also had that. So you know, the, all the different they have different features that sometimes can can help you out and that almost uh, made up for a bunch of inadequacies for having a having a manual having an assist but yeah those hills that really can do you in won't it Shirley uh, yes, and uh, in fact, that's a recurring nightmare that I had when we had this deal. So I uh, I caved in, and uh, we now have a uh, an automatic. So. Well, thanks for sharing those stories with us, Shirley. All righty, and and again, it's probably still trending on Facebook. Uh, that question about you know what was your first driving experience, whether or not it was a a standard shift or are an automatic. That'll be interesting. We'll have to check that out. Thanks so much for calling. Let's go now to Nancy, who's calling from Terry. Nancy, we appreciate you calling into AutoCorrect today to be a part of our show. Go ahead. Thank you. I love your show. I look forward to it every week. I have a 1995 Taurus SHO that is a manual. I learned to drive manuals when I was a child on a farm near Raymond. My dad let me sit in his lap and drive his manuals, which started with a 1949 Chevy <laughs> um, and the tractor. I mean, I learned to drive manuals early in my life, and I just love them. This 1995 Taurus SHO is sitting disabled in my garage. And if I knew how to find someone who could help me with it, I would uh, love to do it. But I don't even know how to go about finding something or finding someone to help me with a 1995 automobile. Allison, can you help me? If 
you if you um, had it towed to my house, I probably could. I don't have space <laughs> for it right now, though. But uh, I am familiar with those cars, and I like I do like working on '90s models vehicles. Um, that's as that's as far back as I go, though. I understand. 1995. It's a beautiful thing. It's uh, I bought it in Maryland in 1995 at Bel Air, Maryland, and I just simply cannot part with it. Yeah, I have two other it's vehicles a, that I drive all the time, but I just cannot let go of that. They oh, are so nice wonderful. vehicles. I don't know what the resale value is, but I remember when they came out, the SHOs and uh, the super high output. I think they have a Yamaha engine and transmission in them, which made them special for being a Ford vehicle. But yeah, um, yeah they're they're pretty neat. Pretty neat cars. Well, Click and Clack, who used to be the car guys yeah. on uh, National Public Radio, said when those first came out that if that their best advice was to put it up on blocks and leave it there for about the next 20 or 30 years, and it would be a valuable automobile. So I have followed their advice. <laughs> Whether you want it to or not. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love the show. Well, Thank Nancy, you. I'm going to put you on hold, and if you would like to leave your contact information with Jay, um, he can collect it, and we can connect uh, you and Allison together. And Thank just you. In the meantime, do I listen uh, on the speaker or on my radio? Just, just keep, just stay on your phone. Just stay you on your speaker, much. okay? I appreciate it. Bye bye. And we want to remind all of our listeners that if you have any questions for Allison or you just want to see what she's up to, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Her handle is the Lady Auto Mechanic, and that's how you can yeah. find Allison. Let's now go to Derek, who's calling us from Louisiana. Derek, thanks so much for being a part of AutoCorrect today. What's your question or comment? Okay, I don't have any questions. I don't have any comments about manual. I'm a truck driver, so I can drive just about any kind of manual you put in front of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do have a question. My son just called me, and I just have to be flipping through your stations and, and phone you all. His car would not start this morning, and he called AAA to give him a jump start. So he jump started. I told him to take it to one of the local parts stores to get everything checked out. They checked it out, and he, for some reason, he wanted them to put a new battery in it. So they checked it out, and they put the battery in, but now the car will not start. The guy said the alternator was fine, but he's thinking it's the starter. Hmm. Well, they maybe they didn't test it correctly, but that battery, when you go to the auto parts store and you have your battery checked, it te- it checks your alternator and your starter also. Sometimes they right. don't put in the correct temperatures. They're supposed to put 20 degrees higher than what is actually the ambient air outside, and that's why it um it, it duplicates what what the temperature is under the hood in your car, which is about 20 degrees higher than outside. So that can make right. the readings come off. Off, or, and so I usually don't well what I usually do is, is send people when they're having starter problems like that if they can get it to interstate battery is where I recommend them take it to because those guys know how to test a battery correctly and I have to, had them tell me this battery's fine so they're not biased towards selling you a battery they're gonna they, they, they've always given me the honest truth and um, and then they test things correctly, so I really am able to eliminate whether it's the battery or not. And so it sounds like, yeah, you've got something else going on, but, but maybe they didn't But how could it have started with a jump 
if it wasn't right. the battery. Right. Uh, so it, it, it's got a weak battery. It, to me, that kind of says an alternator problem myself. Um, so I think they're not really that the auto parts store doesn't they don't really do diagnostics. So at this point, you need someone who can who can figure it out. They don't make batteries there, but Interstate Battery is. I would recommend them to check it out, and they'll, and they'll do the similar test. They just know how to do it correctly. They have a big machine that does it. That you just pull up with your car in the bay, and and they put it on there and and check it out. And if if they're not able to figure it out, then you'd want like an independent shop to do it to check it out. Okay. So even if they jumped it. Uh, from the beginning, and then he got to the auto parts store, and now they put a new battery in, and it will not start at all. So, is how is that possible? The, the alternator's gone out. Maybe that's the only thing I can think of on that. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe a loose connection or something like that, but I kind of doubt it. As far as the starter goes, um, it, it's. I, I don't know, really. It's It should be working. It's either doesn't work or it does. When he turns right. the key, is he getting no sounds at all? No, no starter or anything? Uh, when he originally got in this morning, it wouldn't do anything. No lights or anything. But when they put the new battery in, he said it made like two clicking noise, and then that was it. And it wouldn't start with a brand new battery. With a brand new battery. Wow. Right. Okay, that's that's pretty bad. That could be <laughs> a starter. That okay. could be the starter in that case. I thought you said he had driven it after he got the new battery in it. I'm sorry. So no. that that may no. be the starter, but um, yeah, he's going to have to have it towed somewhere and, and get the starter replaced, okay. or you know, have it diagnosed properly first before you just right. go and replace stuff. I, I hate that you had that problem, but I have heard of that happening at auto parts store them them diagnosing a battery incorrectly, whether it be that it's good or that it's bad. I've heard them do right. both, and so I, I usually typically don't recommend people get their batteries checked out at auto parts store i like okay. to use interstate battery which are they're not everywhere i think we only have one in the whole metro jackson area that i wow. know of it's on it's in ridgeland on 51 but that's okay. that's actually who i use well and derek's okay. in louisiana uh oh yeah you're in louisiana derek so. uh i would have you uh check with uh, your insurance a lot of times we didn't realize that our insurance would cover a tow so that okay. Okay. That might save you 50, 60 bucks. Yes. yes Make more than that these days. <laughs> Toes are about $120 okay. average. It went up. Oh it's my. gone up. Right. Now, next question uh, concerning that. Uh, would that kill the battery, the starter not working right? If he just turned it off last night and then this morning it would not do anything? Would the starter cause that? Not that I know of. I don't I think, so. think so. Either. Right. I I've never heard of anything like that happening because if it gets a lot of resistance, the start will just stop working. Or I right. can't see it pulling more juice than it needs to. I guess right. that could happen, but I've, I haven't particularly heard of that happening ever. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Oh, Derek, thanks so much for calling in. We appreciate you calling in. We're talking today about manual versus automatic transmissions, but we're doing that in between your car repair questions after the break. We just want you to call in. We like to chat. We're going to chat with Curtis and Olivia when we come back from the break. And if you would like to tell us a story or ask Allison a question, our number is one 877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You could also send us an email to our address 
auto at mpbonline.org. What's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that after the break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. It's an expensive cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. Now, before the break, we played a Carrie Underwood song. If you would like to go see Carrie in concert in Memphis for free from VIP Seats, we're giving two tickets away. Just go to mpbonline.org slash mpbcountry. Or you can click on the link that will be in this broadcast's website, autocorrect.com mpbonline.org for that link to win two Carrie Underwood VIP seats for her October concert in Memphis. Let's go real quick. We're going to go to Holly. Um, Holly, who's on the road, be extra careful driving, Holly. Did you have a suggestion for Derek and his son's battery problem? Um, you know, I did because a similar thing happened to me, and I apologize. I I didn't hear the make or model of this car, of, and they're all different. But I had a similar situation where um, I woke up one day and my my battery was dead. I mean, nothing clicking, nothing. And so um, I think I think my husband jumped it off, and and it worked. And we took it up to a local facility and they said that uh oh it needed a new battery well we put a new battery on there and i got home and the next day i got up nothing (laughs) nothing so we got it back up there again and um they said it need it wasn't the alternate they said it needed some kind of uh this is a honda 2007 honda crv it was a little black box, and I don't, I don't want to say it was a fuse, but there was something that it, it needed under the hood. A relay? Or something. Probably a yeah, relay. that was it, a relay. Hey, isn't that awful? <laughs> and so they, they replaced that, and it still wouldn't work. Well, I went on the Internet, and I put in all the symptoms and, you know, da-da-da-da, and it said relay. Well, I took it to another place, and come to find out it was the relay, but it was the relay they put in it was no good. Oh. But what I guess where I was going with this is it wasn't the alternator and it wasn't the battery. It was the same symptoms. It kept draining the battery or something. But the relay, it was that relay under there. And it may be the same thing for him. You're right. And that's that's why I really recommend a proper diagnosis. 
uh, of your system, like to like for starting problems, the auto parts store usually isn't a, a, a good idea. It is for reading check engine lights. That's what I send the people to the auto parts store, um, and and that's that's actually good. But for starting problems, it it's best to get it diagnosed properly. I can't tell you how many times I've I've seen shade tree mechanics and stuff like that misdiagnose starting problems. Um, I don't even work on them when a car doesn't start because I don't have all the diagnostic equipment I need to make sure that I'm not just replacing a part in there. They're a little bit of a complicated system, a little bit, but that's, but the, yeah, I do recommend having it checked out by someone that has the equipment that you need and like a full diagnostics because of something, it can be a relay. And next thing you know, you've spent quite a couple of hundreds of dollars replacing stuff that didn't need replaced. Holly, thank you so much. We I love to learn from other people's misfortunes. So uh, your your relay problem, um, um, I hope, has helped Derek and his son's and problem, and uh, it reminds us. Uh, it could be yeah. the battery, could be the alternator, right. could be the starter, could be the relay. Thanks so much, Holly, for calling in. Now, Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the Audi 4 model years from 2009 to 2011 because of engine problems such as excessive oil consumption. Ooh. So we hope you please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. And his review this week is on the 2019 VW GLI. But we're going to go now to Olivia, who's calling from Liberty. Olivia, thanks so much for joining us on AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Hey, Allison, I got a question for you. I got a 2000, not a 2000, a 1992 Chevy. It's a manual shift. And I went to California last year, and it was running fine. It was it started to run hot because I had drugs from the supposed feed, and I I drug something out in my field because I got cowed. I drug a, a trough out there, and it ran hot, so I left it out there. And when I came back, my son had been here from Georgia, and he had done ran my truck to death. And now it's something he burnt the engine up in. Is what he did. And so, can Allison help me get my truck back and running? I bought a new one, but it ain't, it's not a stick. And I like that Chevy. But I bought a GMC, but they don't have stick shifts anymore. Yeah, I wish I did. I would have to have an assistant help me with that, and I don't have an employee working with me as a mechanic. I've had one in the past, and he was awesome, but um, he ended up moving. Um, so that's something that you need a shop to do that. A, a small independent shop would be really good at that. They also usually have connections for getting an engine in there. Um, I do have someone I can recommend that does that kind of thing all day long. He's a good friend of mine, and he's basically does the same thing I do except he has a shop with a lift and an engine hoist and these different things which I think are making a lot better situation 
Um, so if you want, you email us, and I can pass along his information. And he's here local in the Jackson area. Well, she lives in Liberty. She's down near Macomb. Is that near Macomb? That's correct. East of Macomb. Yeah. Well, your best bet, You, I mean, you could have it towed up this way or to find someone local like an independent shop and it, that's what I would recommend find someone with really good references that maybe ask around in the area from friends and see if they know of a shop that's that's really good uh, and that's what you would because you're probably going to need an engine swap on that well, I'm, I'm do- doing one on my own car but I don't do them I don't do them regularly Olivia we're going to put you on hold and you can give Jay your contact information and we'll make sure Allison gets that and uh, she can hook you up with somebody in the Jackson area and then this is what family and friends are for to talk oh, with let me them ask one more question to find a local person for you go ahead Olivia is that you do you think Chevy uh, Ford gonna come back with any stick shift trucks well I'm sure the I, I think they do have the option on their trucks but uh, I'm not real sure they're just not uh, out there, you may have to special order one. I'm assuming for their trucks that pull. I know my dad always preferred a stick shift for pulling in the Cummins diesels we had. So I'm assuming they have the option, but you may have to special order them. But I don't know that for sure. I don't know if they completely eliminated it from their lineup or not. All right. Thanks so much, Olivia. We appreciate you calling in. Let's now go to Curtis, who's calling in from Belzona. Curtis, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, I have a, a 1991 Chevy Caprice, and I have a couple of questions. Uh, when I first crank it up, it kind of hesitate, and then it will idle like it's supposed to. And then my second question is, after you drive it for about 20 minutes, it will cut off. But it will crank back up, but for some reason it cuts off, and I was trying to figure out what's causing the problem. Goodness, in an old Chevy like that, I have no idea um, off the top of my head what would what would cause from that's something I'd have to think on and maybe do a little bit of research on. Um, I'm sorry having that problem with that car, but that's an old car and and it's a old Chevy product, so it, you may be having some sort of serious problems with it. We might want to consider getting a, another car, but you need someone good to diagnose this who's familiar with this car, an older mechanic than I am, um, to deal with that kind of problems on it. And no, I'd, I'd have to sit there and research it. I don't know off the top of my head what could be causing that, and that's that's some weird problems that you're having. And I, I have no idea. There's there's a few different systems that affect that, and I'd have to check them out and eliminate ones that were working good and that sort of thing. So that you need a a good mechanic that's familiar, possibly familiar with those cars, the Capri engines, and could help you with that. Okay. Sorry, Curtis. And uh, Allison likes to recommend uh, local com- uh, local mechanics. So if you yeah. could check around in your town or get some suggestions from from family and friends to see who they trust, but uh, and then ask then ask the mechanic if you know 
if they remember working on a 91 Chevy Capri, if if that's something they feel they are familiar with. Yeah, it's actually getting a little bit where some of the mechanics are aging out and your younger ones haven't dealt with that as much. So, yeah, especially a car like that that's kind of, there's not many on the road at all, so we just simply don't have the experience with it. Okay, all right, thank you. Thank you, Curtis. We appreciate you calling in. We're going to take our last break of the day. We're discussing driving a stick shift vehicle. Three on a tree, four on the floor. We, Allison and I figured out that the three on the tree is when the gear shift is on the steering column. And then the four on the floor is if the gear shift comes out of the floor or you leave a hole on the floor <laughs> so your kid can look at the road driving through. Anyway, but we're also taking your car repair questions. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send us an email. It's auto at mpbonline.org. What's coming up, we'll tell you after the break. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org/slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Welcome back to AutoCorrect, where if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. And one of the things that I found interesting coming up in the news this week is the Lincoln Aviator. Drivers of the new 2020 Lincoln Aviator SUV can use their iPhones and soon Android phones to unlock and start your car and also uh, remotely open windows, tailgates, and recall the driver's settings. The Lincoln offers phone as a key. And it will offer it on more vehicles as it introduces new models. It's a Bluetooth system that ranges from up to 30 feet. So it works in places where you don't get a phone signal, such as an underground parking garage. And the Aviator has 11 antennas to receive the signal. Phone is a key. We'll have a uh, valet mode for parking attendants. And an owner can disable 
phone as a key and use a backup ignition code that they punch into a door-mounted touchpad if they lose their phone or the battery dies. That's interesting. You'd think that uh, they would have done this sooner, actually, now you think about it. I mean, I've never thought about that, but that's that's fantastic. And that's basically the same thing as, you know, they used to have systems that, that worked in with your security systems. You could put it on a car, and you could remote start it. So yeah. basically a remote start. Yeah, this that's is just thing. a little bit more than some of the uh, current apps for remote start, find a key, and unlock. It's yeah. called it Phone as a Key. All right, we've got to three calls that we're going to get to. Let's go to Alan, who's on the road. Be extra safe, Alan. We're glad that you've called into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. I was listening earlier. Uh, I'm not a mechanic, but uh, I know I used to have a car, but uh, the person that was talking about uh, the battery and when they turn it, uh, when they put the battery in, that it like, clicked two times and it wouldn't do nothing. Uh, would the distributor cap have anything to do with that? Or do they still put those on vehicles? Uh, distributor cap? No, they 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 basically quit that like uh, early 2000s, uh, give or take. That's when they went to the coil on plug, if you know what I'm talking about. And that's the coil directly on top of the, the plug so it doesn't have to work through distributor. On an okay. older vehicle, I have heard of a distributor uh, messing up and not allowing it right. to start. But not okay, okay, not yeah. but not particularly causing the clicking noise. That's like dead battery um, noises. That's also where your solenoid is clicking, but it doesn't have enough power to to do the whole starters. That that's that's the click that you hear. Um, so I I didn't I don't think he even said what car it was. So we don't really don't know if it has a oh, distributor okay. or not. But not the distributor cap, but the distributor itself. Okay. All right. All right. I was just curious. An uh, older car that I had, I had that problem with the battery. But when I had got that replaced, I didn't have no more problems. That was, that was, that was why I called in. And I wasn't sure. Your, your distributor cap may have been so warm that it wouldn't. It wasn't sparking <laughs> anymore. It, was, it wasn't making a spark. So that in the older cars, that definitely could have been a problem. Well, Alan, we okay. appreciate you coming in. We like having our expert advice, but then sometimes maybe the expert hasn't thought of something and we love people with experience calling in. Yes, you ma'am. never know who you're going to help. So, Alan, thank you so much for calling in today. All right. Thank you for, for taking my call. All right. Let's go to Marvin in Memphis. Marvin, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I was talking about the manual transmission. I'm 61. The neighborhood I grew up in, if you didn't know how to drive a manual transmission, you didn't drive. So we all had three on the tree, three on the floor. Then about eight years ago, my wife and the kids went to a... Uh, on a cruise to Mexico, but we did a Jeep tour. Every one of the Jeeps had a five-speed manual transmission. I grind the gears one time, that was it the whole time, because I, didn't, I hadn't driven one in 20 years. So it's, I, think, I still like them. I don't like them in the city. I love them any other time, but they're still around, and I know a few friends of mine that actually have gotten them recently from new cars. But like you said, you have to special order them. Marvin, I, I love having a manual, except 
in a funeral procession. That's really yeah. bad because you're always between second and third, and you have to go kind of slow. Back and forth, back and right. forth. That, yeah. uh, that's why we appreciate having one manual and one nod. And unfortunately, we have a lot of funerals that I go to. And uh, I've learned not to drive the manual in a funeral procession. Right. I understand. The first one I ever drove was my brother's. Uh, he had a small Toyota, I think a 75 pickup truck. And every time I had a bar, I, I already knew how to drive it, but it was a three on the floor. And that's all they had. I mean, they had man, uh, the automatics, but most of them, for the time he was getting, uh, the cheaper ones, because they were cheaper back then to have a uh, manual. Right, yeah, and uh, it, uh, that muscle memory. You learn when you are growing up, learn when you're a teenager, and then even uh, so many yar- uh, years down the road, you can pick it up again. Marvin, right. we appreciate you calling in. We uh, love your story. Thank you so much. Let's now go to Donna in Batesville. Donna, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Um, I just had a quick comment about teaching someone to drive a stick because I've taught several people to do this. Um, I have a 2001 uh, diesel Dodge Ram, and if you put it in first gear, it's really hard to stall. And so they can get the feel of that clutch um, engaging before they have to do the clutch and the and the gas together. And and so if you can get them in a big old truck and let them start out there, uh, then it's much easier to switch over to another vehicle. That's a great suggestion, Donna. Thanks for that. I can agree with that because um, my first car that I learned to drive in was a little Ford Ranger and I basically I was at the hunting camp with my uncle and my dad and them and it was my uncle John's truck and I said uncle John can I drive your truck up the road and he looked at me funny I was pretty young uh, I was probably 14 or something maybe younger and he was like can you drive a stick I was like oh yeah uh, definitely I got this and he just watched me as I'm bucking and <laughs> and just riding the Bronco in that in that truck and I'm looking back at him like I hope he doesn't make me stop and he just put his hands in his pockets and stood there and watched me and I drove down the road and I made it stall a whole bunch and then when I got back I, I had it figured out by then <laughs> and he just I know he was just shaking his head thought it was hilarious fantastic and yeah and uh, donna we didn't even get to learning how to drive uh, a manual i'm going to put on this uh, this page for this uh, broadcast uh, team o'neill rally school has a youtube video on how to teach yourself or someone to drive a manual transmission in five minutes now it might type take actually seven or eight but it's a really good video it's a very calm and uh, explains how to do it and you know the very first thing they want you to do is just sit in the car and kind of get the hang of it allison you got anything coming up in the next couple of weeks um no nothing major we've had everything for august but so we've got a lot of stuff coming up in september so we'll get to that when it comes up we had our autocross for this month and no more car shows well remind remember folks uh, look on facebook or other places for the what do you call the coffee the coffee and cars and coffee cars and coffee lots of places around the state have cars we do we do have that coming up on sunday fantastic so i hope you can find one of those in your area if you're interested in that that's going to wrap us up for today's autocorrect our call screener was jay white our board engineer was michelle mcadoo for allison walker who you can follow on facebook twitter and instagram as the lady auto mechanic 
I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy Show, Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I hope you can join us next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.